Travelcast B-Sides, Episode 13, Snuggle the Dead, by Matthew Bay. An investigative reporter gets a first-hand look behind the scenes of Snuggle Club and learns, among many other things, why the good Lord gave us tasers. Matthew Bay is a writer and editor living in Austin, Texas. He edits the print zine Space Squid, writes a popular blog at revolutionsf.com, and is the assistant editor of the Travelcast. His short stories have appeared in Blackgate Magazine, Town Drunk, Pseudopod, Beneath Ceaseless Skies, Andromeda Spaceways In-Flight Magazine, and many other venues. So get your bathrobes on and take a number. We bring you Snuggle the Dead by Matthew Bay. The first rule of Snuggle Club, says Dr. Franz Joseph Gibbelheim, is you always talk about Snuggle Club. The doctor, who insists that I cite him as Dr. Franz, has a habit of holding his hand over his mouth as he giggles. He wears a white lab coat like a scientist from the movies, but this is an affectation. Everyone at Snuggle Club wears the coats, the same way Walmart partners wear blue shirts. The second rule of Snuggle Club, he says, giggling into his hand again, is you always have fun at Snuggle Club. Snuggle Club is located in a newly gentrified neighborhood on Austin's east side. It inhabits a building that once served as an athletic club and boxing gym for Tejano men, looking to blow off steam after a long day at La Trabaja. Very little of the old flavor of the building remains. The interior has been completely remodeled. It is clean, well-lit, and tastefully designed. The lobby looks like a cross between a day spa and a Chinese nightclub. Dr. Franz has brought me to the shipping and receiving area. There is a loading dock, wooden pallets, and a pair of workers watching Univision in a back area. I might be the first reporter to see the backstage workings of Snuggle Club. This is where it all begins, says Dr. Franz. First, we receive the snuggle flesh, then we process it, then it goes to the customer service area. It's the last part that I'm most interested in, but Dr. Franz won't let me skip ahead, telling me, you need to see the whole process. That gives you the complete picture of the public service we offer. A buzzer rings, and the Mexican men spring to life. The metal door clanks upward and they slip underneath. By the time Dr. Franz and I walk outside, they're already waiting at the back of an idling Jeep Wagoneer. The driver asks that I not use her real name. She suggests the pseudonym Princess Sassy Boots. While the workmen carry away the thrashing corpse duct taped to an uprooted stop sign, Sassy Boots haggles with Dr. Franz over the finder's fee. There's some concern over the puncture wounds on its neck and torso. Finally, Sassy Boots agrees to $50 in cash. Sassy Boots pockets the envelope and lights a cigarette while she talks. That was my boyfriend. She says, he slipped and fell on the slut he was screwing. Very tragic. This is her first time supplying Snuggle Club with its raw materials. She had read the advertisement on the back of the local alternative weekly newspaper. The ad came to mind when Sassy Boots found herself the owner of a newly reanimated corpse. After safely securing it, she drove straight over. They say you can't let them bite you, but seriously, how hard can it be to keep some dead guy from biting you? That's why the good Lord gave us tasers. The body of Princess Sassy Boots' former boyfriend is deposited in the processing room. 
The workmen fasten manacles to the animate corpse's wrists and ankles. The manacles are in turn fastened to winches in the corners of the room. When they're pulled taut, the body hangs spread eagle and horizontal in the middle of the room. We have perfected this process. It is a science. It takes less than 20 minutes to take an unruly corpse and turn it into snuggle flesh. The men go to work on the corpse like a pit crew on a race car, and Dr. Franz explains every action they take. First, we remove the blood and bodily fluids. The snuggle flesh will not need it. That's what the needles and tubes are for. The syringes and latex tubes lead to an electric pump, which winds and fills a jug with the blackened fluid. The pink Caucasian flesh of Sassy Boots' ex-boyfriend turns ashen. There's an actual gurgling sound, and the head trabajador nods to Dr. Franz and says, Esta vacío. Incredibly, even though it is as parched as a sun-dried tomato, the body continues its mindless squirming. The second step is to inject the plasticization agent. This is very similar to what they use to prepare bodies in museum exhibits. You may have seen them. This formula contains a few improvements of my own devising to maintain flexibility of the snuggle flesh. The plasticization is not merely a means to preserve the quality of the body and control pathogens. Dr. Franz tells me that it also improves the tactile properties of the corpse. The men work in tandem to remove the hair. One uses electric shears to cut the hair short, while two others go to work with gillettes and shaving cream to make the skin perfectly smooth. When they're done, there's not so much as an eyelash remaining. It is a myth that hair grows after death, says Dr. Franz. This is the only time we must do this. At this point, Dr. Franz throws his hat into the fray. He winks as he picks up an extra-large Home Depot bolt cutter. The doctor must perform the surgery himself now. He wields the three-foot-long handles with deft precision. He begins by wiggling the steel pinchers between the corpse's snapping teeth. He works the handles twice. There's two crunching sounds, and the jaw swings loose. We have found that dead people cannot bite if they have no mandibles. While he goes to work removing all the bones and teeth from the mouth with a pair of chandelock pliers and a scalpel, Dr. Franz explains his theory of the living dead. The dead are not hateful. They are not mean. People believe that they are hostile because they bite. But this is not true. The dead have nothing to gain from belligerence. They don't even have to eat. They want only what the living want. They want only affection. They want to no longer be alone. This biting, that is only clumsy love nibbles. The dead are merely very aggressive with their intimacy. When he's finished extracting the upper teeth, Dr. Franz folds up the loose flap of skin that once held a jawbone, covering the new face hole. He smooths and shapes the skin with his fingers, like a potter working with clay. He uses the bolt cutters for a similar operation to remove the hands and feet. And then with a shrug, he snips off the genitalia. We are running a family operation here, he explains. With all of the preparations complete, the manacles are removed and the snuggle flesh is lowered to the floor. It is now a pink cartoon of a man, unable to stand, its limbs making slow-motion semicircles against the linoleum. Go ahead, says Dr. Franz. See how it feels. 
It is cool and smooth to the touch. It's like running your hand over a coffee table that is covered with a thin sheet of rubber. It looks at me with eyes that have no water and no shine. They are the yearning eyes of a doll. The jawless face makes the eyes seem twice as large. They are anime eyes. They are child's eyes. They are the eyes of a defenseless forest creature. A pair of wrist stumps grasp my ankle. The arm rubs up and down my leg. The snuggle flesh is completely silent. There is not even a whisper of breath. Miss Rachel Fronson has been waiting in the lobby for over an hour. This is not her first visit to Snuggle Club, so she came prepared for the wait with a new romance novel loaded onto her Kindle. Oh, I always talk about Snuggle Club, she says. <laughs> it's the first rule, you know. She'd brought a gym bag with her. Inside are her Snuggle clothes and 15 granola power bars. I'm trying to lose some weight for my husband, she explains. During her wait, she's eaten six. You know, I couldn't say if I'm your standard sort of Snuggle Club member. She speaks in a voice that is an octave higher than anyone I've ever met. I mean, I'm a 40-something. I have hobbies, you know. I'm very adventurous. Sometimes I go out drinking. I have a little bit of time on my hands. She doesn't seem concerned about what some people have called the safety issues associated with Snuggle Club. Oh, they're not so bad, you know. The dead, I mean. I rescue feral cats. The dead are like that. They don't want to be mean. Even if they scratch you, they don't mean it. They just want you to take them home and love them and feed them and give them pretty clothes to wear. A receptionist tells Miss Frunson that they're ready for her appointment. While Frunson goes to the changing room, I am ushered straight into the back to see the customer service area. People sometimes use Olympic-sized swimming pools as a way of describing large volumes. When they let me into the customer service area, it is the first time I had seen an actual Olympic-sized swimming pool holding something other than water. The pool is filled to the brim with the dead. Hairless pink limbs writhe against shaven skin. No sound can be heard except the ceaseless whisper of plasticized flesh rubbing against plasticized flesh. I stand at the edge of the deep end, watching the brownian churching of snuggle flesh until Miss Frunson emerges from the changing room. She clutches a bathrobe tight around her chin. Her face flushes with excitement. They don't judge you. They don't care who you are, what you've done, or what you look like. You're living, you know? That's all they care about. She lets her bathrobe drop. She is fully figured and pale, but there is real blood running through those veins. Fronson stands on the gutter at the edge of the pool, holding her arms up like a gold medalist. She lets herself fall into the seething pool of naked cuddling. The dead snuggle her out of sight. That was our story. The John W. Campbell Award for Best New Writer has traditionally been a bellwether of exciting new talent in the field of speculative fiction. It's time for that to change. 
Matthew Bay is currently lobbying to become what he calls the least deserving winner of the Campbell Award in history. Find out more about his dream and perhaps help him reach for the stars by following the link in our show notes, writertopia.com forward slash profiles forward slash Matthew Bay. Special thanks to our episode artist for this episode, Aaron Cambridge, graphic designer and owner of Cambridge Studios at cambridgestudios.net. This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means don't change any of it, don't sell any of it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more great fiction like the story you just heard each and every week, check out the Drabblecast podcast at www.drabblecast.org. 